the Outside the Swamp podcast is on the air. From the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida, it's the next generation of Gator Sports media personalities, bringing you the latest in Gator Sports, courtesy of the Orange and Blue Sports Network. It's the Outside the Swamp podcast. Everyone talks about Gator football, basketball, and baseball, but what about the other Gator sports? Well, on this podcast, we'll take a look at several undercover Gator sports and put them in the starting lineup of coverage. Welcome to the Outside the Swamp podcast. My name is Miguel Molina, and I'm here with Shelby Hickman, my co-host. On our first episode, today we will be talking about Gator tennis and Gators golf. To start us off, here's Shelby with tennis. All right, starting things off with Gators men's tennis last weekend, They were out in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the ITA All-American Championships. Uh, All seven Gators started off in the qualifying draw, but only two of them made it into the actual uh, tournament. Those were Jean Magnus Johnson and Jeremy Jin, but both of them lost their first-round matches. Taking a look at these two Gators, Jin is a freshman out of Sydney, Australia, He was downed by the 63rd-ranked Wojciech Marek from USC. He uh, dropped his first set 6-3, but then made a pretty good comeback, claiming the second set 7-6, and then fought a very tough battle till the end and dropped the last one 7-5. He is a rising star out of Australia. He has reached a career-high ranking of 42 on the ITF circuit, which if you're Unfamiliar with that, it's kind of the first step on the ladder of professional tennis before you would progress on to the ATP Challenger Series and then the ATP Tour, which of course includes all the major Grand Slams and the big tournaments like that. And then we'll take a look at Johnson. He's a graduate transfer from Florida Gulf Coast. He spent his freshman year at UCF before transferring to Florida Gulf Coast. He is the only player in Atlantic Sun Conference history to win the A-Sun Conference Player of the Year three straight times. Coming to UF as a graduate transfer, he's currently ranked 79th in the ITAs, but he was downed by Michael Zhang from Columbia, who was ranked 15th in his last outing. So this week they will be heading to Atlanta for the ITA Southeast Regional, hosted by Georgia Tech. So there has been a coaching change At UF this year, former coach Brian Shelton, uh, the father of Ben Shelton, who I will get into in a little bit, uh, he has retired from coaching at UF to coach Ben on the tour. So uh, Florida has brought in Adam Steinberg. A little bit of background on Steinberg. He played his college career at Penn State, graduated in 1988, and then jumped right into a coaching career at St. John's. He spent six years there before two seasons at Northwestern and four years at Alabama. Then he really spent a really good amount of time at Pepperdine from 2002 to 2014. His career accomplishment there was he led them to a 2006 national championship, which is their first and only championship to date before heading to Michigan, where he really transformed this program. He began his tenure there in 2014, but the big turnaround came in 2016, and uh, he led them to a lot of winning seasons and a lot of appearances in the NCAA uh, tournament, and he was the uh, 2021 Big Ten Coach of the Year. So with the coaching change, is going to come some growing pains, but there are definitely a lot of positives to look at for this Gators team. Uh, earlier in the fall season, the Gators swept the Bedford Cup 
which was uh, hosted at UCF. Uh, Tanapat Nirandorn and Boris Gola claimed the doubles title, and in the singles final, it was a Gator versus Gator matchup. Oleg Orlikowski beat Jan Magnus Johnson to take home the victory. And another positive that the Gators can look at is Aiden Kim. He's a freshman out of Michigan. He is ranked third in the freshman newcomer rankings in the ITAs and was the number two overall recruit for the class of 2023. So it's going to be a really good chance to see a lot of growth from him as a player as this fall season progresses and even into the spring. And on the, not I wouldn't say negative side, but needs a little bit of work is Nate Bonetto, he is ranked 86 in the ITAs, but he has not seen much success so far in the fall season. He lost his first round match in straight sets at the Battle of the Bay earlier this year and did not qualify for the main draw at the ITA All-American tournament. So I'm definitely looking to see more from him as the season goes on, considering he did have a pretty successful outing last season. Like I previously mentioned, the team will be heading to Atlanta for the ITA Southeast Regional. So with that being said, let's move right on into women's. So just last week, the women's team was also at the ITA All-American Tournament in Cary, North Carolina. Carly Briggs was the only Gator to make the main draw, and she's a grad student, spent first two years at her of her career at Tennessee, and then she transferred to Florida uh, at her outing at the ITAs. She made it to the round of 32, but she lost to Celia Belmore of Vanderbilt. So we're definitely looking to see some more from this team as they will be at home for their next outing. They're going to host the ITA Regional Championships in Gainesville from October 19th through the 23rd. So this will be a really good chance for them to Uh, show their skills in front of their home crowd. And moving on from that, I mentioned earlier Ben Shelton, who, if you are up on tennis, is basically the poster boy for American tennis right now, in my opinion. We've got a lot of really great Americans coming up on the ATP tour, but Ben, in his first uh, year on tour, has had a very rocky season but there's been a lot of ups and downs and right now he is on the upside so I'm gonna jump right into his first uh, little background his first year on the tour so he just turned 21 on Monday he helped the Gators win a team national championship in 2021 and then he won the singles NCAA title in 2022 under his father the former Gators coach Brian Shelton So this is his first full year on tour. After he won the NCAAs, he he played in a few tournaments but didn't uh, turn officially pro until uh, later in the year. And to kick off his professional career, he he came out of the gate swinging. He uh, made a quarterfinal appearance at the Australian Open. He lost to fellow American Tommy Paul, but this was a – Great stride for him considering he is so young and it is his first official tour season. But from there, he really fell off. He had a very rough spring and summer. 
uh, his next tournament after the Australian Open, the Delray Beach Open, he lost in the first round and then again at the Mexican Open and throughout the spring and into the early summer, he did not make it past the second round of a single tournament. But then he played a Challenger Tour tournament, which is the circuit below the ATP Tour. So it's kind of in the middle. Um, most, not not most, all uh, professional tennis players spent some time on this tour. And he made it to the semifinals. So that was definitely a little bit of a boost of confidence for him, I would say, going into the rest of the summer season. But he still was not able to make it past the second round of a tournament for the rest of the summer. That included Wimbledon and the French Open. But then his luck really, really turned around recently at the U.S. Open, where he made it to the semifinal, and he did lose to Novak Djokovic in straight sets. But the Joker won the whole tournament over Daniil Medvedev and is considered one of the greatest of all time. So it was honestly a very impressive performance on his part being able to keep up with him as much as he was able to. He holds the uh, record for the fastest serve at the 2023 tournament with 149 miles per hour. Uh, He served that against Tommy Paul, and he did take down two fellow Americans who are ranked in the top 15 throughout the tournament. Tommy Paul ranked 14th, and Francis Tiafo ranked 10th. And this momentum carried into the Lover Cup. If you're not familiar with the Lover Cup, It's the world team versus Europe. It's six players on each team competing over the span of three days. And the first team to reach 13 points uh, is the winner. And the uh, world team that uh, Sheldon was a part of ended up taking home that title. And he won both of the, the doubles matches that he played in. And getting into his most recent event, Tomorrow, he will play in his first Masters 1000 quarterfinal against fellow American Sebastian Corda. He came into this one as a 19th seed after shooting way, way up in the rankings uh, after his victory, uh, multiple victories throughout the uh, U.S. Open. In the round of 16, he just uh, beat Yannick Sinner, who is coming off of a uh, off of a title at the China Open last week. And Sinner is ranked fourth in the world, so this is one of the uh, biggest wins of his young career. He is known for his big serve, like I said, 149 miles per hour. He's hit multiple 147s, like really high in the 140 range. And against uh, Sinner, he had 15 aces. And His serving started out a little rocky in that match and just continued to get better and better as the match went on. That ultimately led him to victory. And we will see tomorrow how the Shanghai Masters pans out for him. Like I said, he will face fellow American Sebastian Corda. And with that being said, that wraps up basically everything I've got on tennis this week. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Miguel, who's got some golf coming your way. Yeah, so uh, we're going to start with men's golf. Uh, To put it very bluntly, they've been good, but they think they can be better as well. You know, Gator Nation has been pretty hyped this season after seeing, you know, the Gators in Florida. They uh, won the national championship last year for golf, for men's golf. And um, this season hasn't been that much, like not a lot of translation. You know, they've done three events so far this season, the uh, Illinois Invitational, the uh, SEC Fall Preview and the Williams Cup. 
And like I said, overall, they look good, but not where most people are expecting them to be at after winning the national championship. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going to just talk about, let's just go through some of their plays so far. I mean, they went to the Illinois Invitational, and uh, unfortunately, the final day of the Illinois Invitational got canceled, but the Gators were in ninth, you know, so regardless if it got canceled or not, they weren't going to come out with a win or I don't even think a podium finish, but... You know, there were some good things to take away from it. The best player for the Gators in that tournament was uh, Ian Gilligan, who uh, was tied eighth at the end of the round. But really not much to write home about. Um, But the good news is is they have gotten better. So if we move on to the SEC fall preview, uh, where they play seventh um, in team play, but they did lose three to two to Alabama in match play. Uh, So that was a little disappointing. You know, one of the main key factors in that match play was uh, senior John Dubois, who was also part of the team that won the national championship. And yeah, for the Gators to really repeat or get close to what they were able to do last year, they need to kind of look to, you know, Dubois and say, hey, we need you, man. We need you to step it up. And I believe he will. I think that he is, you know, a really high caliber player. He did really well for the team last year. And they got a lot of returning players as well, a couple seniors, but they got a lot of freshmen as well, too. So this is definitely like a mix of an old and new group. So they will have a lot of time to gel going into the rest of the season. You know, golf is both a fall and spring sport. So I think they'll figure it out. And then also yesterday, you know, the Gators finished up playing in the Williams Cup in North Carolina. Uh, They finished tied fourth. And the best player for Florida was Tyler Wilkes, who finished individually tied third. And so, yeah, I mean, after that type of performance, I think things are on the up and coming for the Gators. I think that... You know, the men's team, they're taking what they did at the Williams Cup and they're like, all right, we can actually do something here. This isn't, you know, we're not just a one and done when it comes to national championships. This is a top tier golf program. You know, they got a lot of good freshmen like Jack Turner. He's going to start coming to his own. Um, and yeah, I mean, they should be a pretty good team coming for the rest of the season. But right now they just need to kind of figure out what's going on, get a couple more reps in. And I think they'll they'll figure themselves out now. I have to say the complete opposite when it comes to the women's golf team. They've been absolutely killing it. I mean, despite placing seventh in the Cougar Classic in uh, September, the women's team have been putting on a show. I mean, they've won back-to-back tournaments. For example, uh, the first one that I'm mentioning is the Glass City um, Invitational in Toledo. Uh, They finished first by uh, shooting four over as a team. That's pretty remarkable. And as well, six Gators in that tournament placed in the top 18 of the tournament with Macy Filler, uh, finishing tied second individually. Speaking of filler, uh, she's incredible. I mean, I got to tell you, like, I've covered her a couple times here with uh, ESPN in Gainesville, and, you know, she's a senior that has played in several LB, um, LPGA t- Tour events, and as well, she played in the Augusta Women's National Amateur. She's really good. Honestly, folks, she's really, really, really good, and the Gators will need her to be that good. They will need her to rely on her for the remainder of the season if they want to make a late playoff push and possibly win a national championship. Uh, You know, the other Gators involved in that event, you know, played relatively well, as I said, as they all placed top 18. Uh, You know, the ones that did were uh, Jackie Lucina, who shot the lowest round of the week for Florida with a score of 69 and placed fifth. Uh, Sophie Stevens, who placed uh, tied seventh, and Annabelle Fuller, who finished tied ninth. And Ennis Archer and Paula Francisco Francisco placed uh, 17th and tied 18th. And yeah, so they've been pretty good. But like I said, they won back to back. So now let's talk about the second one, uh, the Williams Cup. You know, as long as the men, you know, the men did pretty well, but they won. 
and they did so in sweeping fashion. You know, the Gators finished first again with Macy Filler winning her first collegiate tournament. Like I said, she is on the up and come up. She will definitely most likely be a pro. Um, and she saw, shot a score of a uh, 13 under, which is really good. It's a really low score. And that li- really low score helped the Gators win the tournament by, by uh, eight strokes. As well, uh, Annabelle Fuller finished, you know, tied six. in his Archer tied 17th. Jackie Lucina tied 24, Sophie Steven uh, tied 36, and Paula Francisco tied 55. So honestly, I mean, the Gators golf program just in general have been really solid this season. Like, uh, you know, especially on the women's side, they've put together a couple things. Um, They're looking like to come into their own own. And, you know, after seeing how the men did last year, I think the women want to replicate that and say like, hey, this is not just a men's golf program. This is a highly caliber women's golf program too. And I think they're doing, honestly, they're in form right now and they just might win a national championship at this point. And, you know, if we're going to go back to the men, I think that the men, they need to kind of, you know, get, like I said, get more reps in, um, you know, John Dubois, like I said, he is that guy. He needs to lead that team. Um, and then you have Joe Pagnan. He's also a senior as well. Um, a lot of returning guys and they need to show their leadership. You know, Macy Fuller's doing her job with the women's team. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got right now for golf. I mean, there it's not a lot to say because there's only been a couple couple of events so far, but um things are looking pretty exciting for Gator Golf on both sides. I think the men are right there where they need to be. They're kind of getting better. They're gonna get a lot better as the season goes on. And the women are, you know, they're killing it. They're honestly killing it. Mason Fuller and that team are killing it. And so, yeah, that being said, this concludes our first episode of the Outside the Swamp podcast. Make sure to follow the Orange and Blue Sports Network on Instagram and Twitter at OBSN Gators. Again, that is OBSN Gators. As well, make sure to follow us on YouTube at the Orange and Blue Sports Network. I'm Miguel Molina with Shelby Hickman. Thank you for listening.